Hey guys, I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL and host of Actionable Intelligence. Now this episode is brought to you by Heritage Action. Heritage Action is America's leading conservative grassroots organization, as many of you know. For the last decade, they and their network of activists across the country have led the fight against the Washington establishment. Heritage Action is also sponsoring Just the News for our very first Blue Courage event. And I've been amazed at how they have stood up to support our police officers in 2020. I encourage you, please, to go out to www.policepledge.com. Check out the work they're doing to get our lawmakers to support our men and women in law enforcement. To date, Heritage Action has gotten over 500 elected officials and candidates to take the pledge. This is important because they're opposing the defund the police movement and standing up for our police officers. It's incredible work. It's so important to make sure that our representatives in government don't turn their backs on the police, but instead have the backs of our police. So every listener of this podcast, I encourage you, go out to www policepledge.com. Check it out for yourself. You can sign the pledge and then make sure that your elected officials have signed on to. Just go to www.policepledge.com. Talk to you soon. Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we're so grateful you're joining us again today. We have got a jammed packed show. I've got two big members of Congress back to back today. I can't believe how lucky we are. Thanks to Jacqueline for making all these uh, guests available to us today. Jacqueline works here at Just the News. She's an amazing talent. And uh, she got us the double book of the day. Senator Marsha Blackburn on the Senate Judiciary Committee joining us on the eve of the committee's vote to uh, confirm uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. She's also been a leading voice on censorship and privacy uh, among the big social and uh, search giants. Started on this like eight, 10 years ago uh, and everything she predicted. uh, I was back at the Washington Times as editor in chief at the time when I saw then Congresswoman Blackburn raising these concerns and she was right about them and all of her concerns have been played out Over the last couple of weeks, we're going to talk to Senator Blackburn in just a few seconds. A lot to talk about. Coney Barrett, the Democrats' diss of Feinstein for being civil to Lindsey Graham. Um, 
that and so much more that we'll be talking to with the great senator from the great sen- uh, state of Tennessee. And then right after that, we're going to come back and have Congressman Jim Jordan. That's right. The guy that rolls up his sleeves, never wears a jacket, is down there in the in the front lines and was one of the most important voices, one of the most important investigators in unraveling the Russia collusion investigation. He's joining us. And uh, we're going to spare all that time for them. I'm not going to do my monologue today. We're going to go right to interviews. So we're going to go to this commercial break. So we have maximum time when we come back. Congressman Jim Jordan. But first, Senator Marshall Blackburn. Back to back. Two big interviews. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back after this great message from our sponsors and advertisers. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And I promised a special guest, and we have one today, Senator Marsha Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee, a very important member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And we're going to talk about how prescient she was, too, in a few seconds. But welcome to the show, Senator. Well, thank you so much. I am absolutely thrilled to be with you. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to have you back on the show, and it's, it's been great. I want to uh, – some big news tomorrow, right? Senate Judiciary Committee votes uh, on the no- nomination for uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. You feel good about the vote? I do feel good about the vote. I think that what we have is an eminently qualified nominee. She did a superb job in the hearings. Uh, Our friends across the aisle did what we expected our friends across the aisle to do. And she was able to rebut all of their opposition. She did it all without a single note in front of her. And she pushed forward to completion on this. And we're going to take the vote tomorrow and send her to the floor for a confirmation. She should be confirmed on Monday. Yeah, that's a big moment. Hard to believe that it got done in in just a little over 40 days. Pretty impressive. Yes, yes. uh, when you look at yesterday's ruling, there was a 4-4 ruling yesterday where um, Roberts sided with the liberal wing and uh, over the Pennsylvania voting. How, First of all, are you frustrated with John Roberts? And secondly, how important will adding Amy Coney Barrett to the bench be to settling some of these cases that have close margins? Well, what we know is that Judge Barrett is going to be a constitutionalist. She has mentioned this time and again to us. So we expect that she's going to continue in that vein. Uh, You know, Chief Justice Roberts is, uh, he is someone who, um, with him, he goes by the rule of law. He looks at precedent and he sees a more liberal hint on some of this than I would, but I I tell you, I think that what we have to do is say that is his ruling. And uh, the thing with a constitutionalist or an originalist judge is if the law is more liberal in its allowance, they're going to rule in a more liberal manner. Right. Yeah, that is an important point. People forget that. That's very true. Yes. Um, there was a moment in the committee a couple days ago that I'm, I'm actually been uh, jaw dropped about the reaction to it. But Senator Feinstein, in a moment of civility, reached out and, and had a hug or great moment with uh, Senator Graham, yeah. Chairman Graham, and her entire party has abandoned her. I wonder if you could just talk about that. You know all these people firsthand and you know the civility that often goes on behind the scenes. Uh, are you surprised by her party's reaction of almost chastising her for, for being cordial? If you ever wanted a group 
to make the point that they have given up on bipartisanship and civility, that did it. You had Dianne Feinstein offering a handshake and a hug at the conclusion of four contentious days and congratulating Chairman Graham on how he exercised bipartisanship. He never cut them off. He let them have their say. He didn't gavel them down. He gave them extra time for questions. That's right. And uh, she thanked him for that. And it infuriated the left. It, it is just, it shows you that they do not want to work in a bipartisan way. They want domination. They want total control. And in large part, that is what this election is about for them. They feel like they've got a clean sweep coming with the House, the Senate, and the White House. And if they do, Katie, bar the door. Uh, Their 100-day agenda is something that is frightening. Taking away health care from 153 million Americans in private health insurance and 57 million Americans that have paid into Medicare all their working life. And putting everybody into the same government-run program. You wouldn't even have your doctor. It wouldn't be a debate. If you like your doctor, you can keep it. What you're going to have is a bureaucrat who's going to tell you what you can do. They plan to implement the Green New Deal. The first 100 days calls for repealing the Trump tax cuts, increasing the corporate tax rate. It calls for statehood for D.C. and for Puerto Rico expanding the Supreme Court and abolishing the Electoral College. So that is their mission, and uh, it's why they don't want Judge Baird on the bench, and it's why they are not interested in civility. It's an amazing time, and uh, that that just two two minutes that you just took there really sums up the choice that American voters have this election. Do you feel good about the election. I mean, do you, what, when you look out, and you've been a big supporter of President Trump, you've been a big cheerleader for all the Republican Party for so long. How do you feel about the final uh, 13 days of the election? You know, I, I feel like the president is in a pretty good shape. He is pretty much where he was last time around. And uh, I think that that's, that's a good thing for him. You know, when you look at where Hillary Clinton was. Um, I think that the president is, you know, he's right there at the same. uh, He is where he was with Biden in relation to where he was with Clinton. He's in a little bit. Yeah, he's in better shape when it comes to states like uh, Pennsylvania and Minnesota and uh, North Carolina he is up in Florida. Um, uh, these are important measures. And people want to know what has the president done. They want to know um, what um, what he's going to do with the next four years. They're curious. It's I don't think it is necessarily a game changer, but they're really curious about what has happened around Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Biden Incorporated, if you will, for lack of a better word. Right, right. They're they're frustrated with that. And um you know, they don't want somebody who has family members that are going to sit around all day looking for ways to trade off 
the big guy, as they right, call him, right. trade off right his name. Email. Yeah, yeah. Trade off his name or trade off his position. And that is not fair. Uh, that, And, you know, one of the things, John, it leads to is asking, okay, you look at these deals that Hunter Biden has with with China, and these are not um, things that are assumptions or we think this is what happened. This has been corroborated by Devin Archer and the other partner who's right. now in prison. Right. And uh, so these are things that did happen, and these are emails that exist. We do know that it was his laptop. So there is a lot of evidence around this. It's not hearsay. And people are going, ah, this makes me uneasy. And I think for many of those suburban moms, in my opinion, they're going to look at this. They're going to look at um the hesitancy of Joe Biden to speak out against the anarchy and the chaos and the rioting, uh, the fact that law enforcement and first responders have not endorsed Joe Biden, unions have not endorsed Joe Biden, yeah. boilermakers, you know. And I think this is going to weigh into those undecided voters, and the undecideds have been pretty high, actually. They have. There's no doubt about it. You can see it in the in the polling, and, and, and the race mm-hmm. always breaks in that last 10 days, so we're right in that period now where we probably see the race break. Now, I want to give you credit before you leave, because I can go back to 2014-15 time frame, and I can remember when I was editor of the Washington Times, you were one of the very first people I can remember talking about the the single state, this idea that these social media oligarchs and the, and the news media and the bureaucrats and the Democratic Party could, could be really infringing on America's free speech. And now everything that you were predicting and warning about has come true. Uh, talk about how what the, the what Facebook and Twitter has done over the last few weeks at you know and what it really means for the America that we're so used to being living in. Yes, and what it means is that you have uh, the big social media companies that have decided they're going to operate more like a government than a company. They came to us saying, we're going to be the public square. Uh, As you mentioned, it was eight years ago, John, that I started on the issue of online privacy. You did. Of course, had a bill, the Browser Act, which now forms the the crux of the privacy bill that has bipartisan support that we're moving forward on. But um, the Democrats, Pelosi stopped it when we got ready to mark that bill up in the House. She pulled all the Democrats off of it, and I went back to work trying to build bipartisan support. And it's taken eight years, but, but we're getting there. But here is the thing that should concern people. The Democrats have tried to shield big big tech from their data mining, uh, their online snooping, working through your search, pulling information about you, and basically building a shadow of you, your virtual you, which is you and your presence online. So what they did was to build a double a doppelganger, if you will, of you in the virtual space. And then they have used that to market to you and to predict what your next um, 
moves were going to be, uh, what your needs were going to be, so they could market that information and benefit off of it. So uh, yesterday we got a lawsuit from DOJ. It is DOJ versus uh, Google. Right. So uh, this is a very good thing. It goes after them for the search monopoly that they have. And then looks not only at search, but their anti-competitive business practices, where they have worked with developers and really kind of tied them up. Yeah. Uh, you look at the deals they had with Apple. That's you look so at the deals with yeah. yeah, with Mozilla. You look at what is transpiring with some of the carriers, and you say, okay, they were working from the ground up, and they were buying out competition. so that they would not have new starts that were going to cause them any headaches. And that's why they control 94% of search, and you have Yahoo, Bing, and Duck that are controlling 2% each. It's almost unbelievable to think that we live in a world where 94% domination has has occurred. Last question, because I know you have to go. Will we see some of these social media giants testifying next week in the Senate? Oh, yes. Uh, We issued on a bipartisan basis um, nearly three weeks ago now, we issued subpoenas to the CEOs of Google, Facebook and um, Twitter. And they will be before us on the 28th. We have our hearing set, and we're looking forward to it. That's going to be a big moment. I can't wait to tune in for that. Well, Senator, I want to thank you for everything you've done. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, we'll be sure to talk to you right after the election because there's going to be a lot to talk about. Great. Thanks so much. Take care now. Thank Uh you. Bye-bye. All right, folks, and we're going to come right back. Uh, we're going to come a commercial break, and when we come back, Congressman Jim Jordan from the great state of Ohio joins us. Buckle your seatbelt. we got a lot to talk about in the scandal world, Russia, Ukraine, Biden, privacy. Get ready for it. Uh, we'll be right back after the messages from our great sponsors and advertisers. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the congressman from Ohio, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. You know him as one of the champions of unraveling uh, the Russia collusion narrative that uh, was cast on America for three years. Congressman Jim Jordan, welcome back to the show. Well, good to be with you, John, and uh, you're certainly one of the people who have uh, been, been most instrumental in unraveling this uh, this mess and what the Obama-Biden uh, Justice Department did, so uh, it's good to be with you. Well, it's an honor to have you, and so many issues to talk about, so many that really affect your committee, the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, yeah. I want to start yeah. off with the big social media censorship that's been going on, the New York Post being censored. You yep. sent a very strong letter. You're calling for two things, right? Uh, a focus on the, these social giants yep. and their influence in the election and maybe a special prosecutor look at this. Uh, bring us up to speed on what you're seeing and hearing and why, why this is so important to the American public. Well, we start from the premise that big tech's out to get conservatives. 
I said this at committee hearing, that's not a that, that that's not a that's not a suspicion, that's not a hunch, that's a fact. We've seen evidence time after time. You got you got countless examples. So when you start from that premise and then see what they did with this Biden story, uh, just days and weeks before the presidential election, it just underscores how they're out to help the Democrats. And you know and I know what they did in 16 when Google had had with the email that came out the day after the election uh, that that showed that Google was trying to configure their features in a way to help the Clinton uh, campaign. So we, we caught them then. We got the evidence of what they tried to do. They specifically tried to configure their features to turn out the Latino vote and in the, in the qualifying words were in key states. They were trying to turn out the Latino vote in Nevada and Florida because they thought that was going to help Clinton. Right. So we, we caught them there. Now they're doing this. And um, what we've done is we introduced legislation three weeks ago, 12, 12 Republicans on the House uh, Judiciary Committee to, to uh, fundamentally uh, gut and change Section 230, which you've heard a lot from, from Senator Hawley and others, has to be done if we're ever going to be able to get some kind of uh, liability uh, uh, reform on these big tech companies who are, as I said, attacking conservatives and out to get conservatives. Yeah, such an important point. And when you look at the, so Section 230 is one thing. Is there anything in the interim that the Justice Department uh, or Congress can do absent changing that, that section of the law? Is there a claim to be made that uh, by doing this, they're restraining interstate commerce? Are, are there some unique legal arguments that victims, people think, who like the New York Post, uh, could potentially pursue? Yeah. I think the biggest thing we can do now, remember, we're just days before the election. The right. biggest thing we can do now is draw attention to it. I think there was a, there were some stories yesterday where the fact that, that, that Google and Facebook tried to censor the New York Post story and did censor the New York Post story actually gave the story more coverage, Isn't more legs, more more yeah. viewership. So what we need to do is every single time they try to censor conservatives, they try to help the Biden campaign. We need to call it out, particularly now that as we're as we're just in the final days of this uh, this campaign. Yeah, such an important point. Uh, absolutely. Now you also have been very concerned about the way the FBI handled this laptop. They now confirm. I, I talked to a senior law enforcement official last night. They've had this laptop since December. That was confirmed to me last night. Uh, it is not deemed by the FBI nor the DNI to be Russian disinformation. Therefore, they believe it's you know an yep. accurate representation. How concerned yeah. are you about the way the FBI handled this? And secondly, what do you think the solution is that you've been talking about special prosecutor? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, uh, look, we should do anything and everything we can to get to the bottom of this, to get all the get all the facts out there. But I think we know some pretty important things now. The FBI has said uh, that that this is uh, the the emails and, and the laptop is not Russian disinformation. Uh, the director of national intelligence Ratcliffe has said it's not Russian disinformation. The Bidens have not denied any of the any of the elements in the story. Uh, we now have Mike Emanuel and Fox News have reported that they've seen the drop slip signed by Hunter Biden when he right. dropped the laptop off at the at the store there in in Delaware. And frankly, our staff has been able to, uh, with the numerous phone calls that we've had with folks over the over the weekend, our staff has been able to confirm that the um, emails are in fact authentic. And frankly, John, the term "big guy" does in fact refer to Vice President Joe yeah. Biden. So uh, those are key facts that I think just underscore how important this is. So uh, let's hope the FBI and the Justice Department are digging into this and, and, and really getting about what one of the things would be nice is actually at some point get some of these key people under oath in front of a committee and, and ask some questions like Hunter Biden 
So we'll see if that can happen at, at some point down the road as well. Yeah, that's such an important thing. And, and when we talk about that one, the big guy email, what's so fascinating about it? Now, Vice President Joe Biden's out of office, so there's nothing illegal if he wants to get involved in a business deal with his son. But the company they were dealing with was a Chinese communist company about as closely aligned to the government as anyone uh, is in China. And, and they're talking about giving a percentage to the son and the vice president, who clearly in 2017 was thinking about running for office. Talk about the national yeah. security concern being over the what they call the being over the barrel phenomenon that the that counterintelligence people talk about. That's the real issue here. It's not necessarily that it's illegal. It's that it puts his presidency in jeopardy. Yeah, and frankly, would would anyone uh, any any person working on Capitol Hill or anyone working at the White House be able to get a security clearance if they had the same kind of arrangement in their background with their family members? Great. Of course, point. they wouldn't. But somehow, this is this is an individual who is now campaigning and and and. Uh, and running for the highest office in our country, couldn't be able to get a White House or, or, or Capitol Hill security clearance based on the ties his his family has and the the um, the emails that, that 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 demonstrate his connection to all that wouldn't be able to get a security clearance, and yet he's running for president of the United States. So I think that just sort of shows how serious this is and why it's important that the American people have this information before. They decide who the next president is going to be. It's important information for voters to, to understand. Yeah, no, that's really the key. When you look at my profession, the reporting profession, um, I know we've, we've already talked about the social media giants doing their censorship. What do you see in the performance of the media, the inability to ask the vice president very simple questions that if the, the tables were turned, they would be asking President Trump all day long oh, about. But, but, but what do you see? Yeah, no, I, I mean, Look, the, the mainstream press won't ask Joe Biden important questions about this topic. And frankly, even if they would, they couldn't because he won't come out of his basement. He's been in hiding now the last <laughs> several days until we get to the until yeah. we get to the, to the debate. But even if he did come out, you're right, John, I don't think they'd be asking questions because they haven't done it. Uh, in fact, what they do is they run with these stories where former intelligence uh, officials say that this is likely Russian disinformation. I, I thought this was I, I started thinking about this. And I thought, you know. These are the same people who told us that the fake dossier was That's real. Right. Now they're telling it. Now they're telling us that the real laptop and the real emails are fake. So uh, it's interesting how things flip and how they've been wrong, uh, how they are wrong in both situations. It, it absolutely blows me away to see the the willful ignorance and almost the excuse making that's going on. The double standard is so mm -hmm. so real in America. So you're a Republican. You're facing two giant restrictions in, in the communications world, right? The social media giants and the search giants are constraining you. The media is constraining you. How do you still go about and get your message out? How do you get to everyday Americans and let them know that what, what they, the real evidence is that they're being, they don't hear about uh, matters and, and, and get them informed before election day. What are you guys doing to break through all of those strangleholds? We, on have, information? We, have, we have great guys. We have great guys like John Solomon who report the <laughs> truth. There are, there are still lots of people out there, not as many, obviously, as the mainstream press. And frankly, there were times when we were thinking about this whole FBI and this Trump-Russia collusion right. hoax story that there were just a handful of us. But, um, you know, there are still good folks who, who take journalism seriously and do it the right way and report the facts and report the truth. And, you know, the American people are able to sift through it. You know, I always tell folks, in spite of everything they tried to do to President Trump's campaign, he still won. He won an electoral college. Uh, he won in an, an electoral college landslide. Fifty-three million voters support him. I think all the energy is on his side. So you know, you go to a 
you go to a Biden event, there'll be there'll be five circles on the ground, and there won't there only be four people. They can't even fill <laughs> up. Pretty all lonely the place. There's no doubt. 40, 40, yeah, forty thousand. So the energy's on our side. I think I think the American people see through it, and uh, they're going to reelect President Trump. And what do you see in the state of Ohio? That's always one of my favorite states to watch on yeah. election night. How is Ohio shaping up both for Trump, for the House seats, for the uh, for everything that's on, at stake that think, day? Yeah, I think the president's going to win again. It, it feels exactly like 16, in some ways stronger. You know, there's all this organic. I, I don't remember the boat parades in, in 2016. I don't remember the truck parades that, you know, the Trump truck parades with all the Trump banners and American flags and everything. I don't remember those in 16. Yeah, great point. Uh, but you see signs all across the countryside. And it's, uh, I think he's going to, you know, he won our state by eight and a half in, in 2016. I think it's every bit as strong this time around. I think we'll be fine in our congressional races as well. And when you look out across the country, uh, can Republicans pick up some House seats? Do you think the, the gap in the House shrinks? Senate, what do you, what do you see yeah. in the House and Senate races? I mean, I think the president's going to win. That's the key. If the president wins and it breaks big, which I think there's the real capability of, you can feel the energy building on our, on our side. If it breaks big, then we're going to be fine. We're going to keep the, the Senate. I think we're going to pick up House seats. Uh, if it breaks really big, obviously, then we could, we could even take back the, uh, the majority. But um, the main thing is keeping the Senate and making sure the president wins re-election so that the left can't, can, can't continue down this road they've started with the mobs in the street, with the cancel culture mob online and everything they're trying to do to limit your First Amendment, Second Amendment liberty. Um, that's what's so important. And we need to remember this president. I remember in the debate when, when Kamala Harris said in the, her debate with Vice President Pence, she said, oh, you can't trust the president. I'm like, are you kidding me? This president has done more of what he said he would do than any elected official in our lifetime. You can just run down the issues, tax cuts, regulations reduced, yeah. growing economy, the out of the Iran deal, embassy in Jerusalem, the whole list. He's done it all that he said he would do. So more than anyone, he has done that. And that's, that's the main reason I think he deserves re-election. And as, as they close in the final two weeks, all the media is suggesting, well, there's division among Republicans. I, I've talked to 150 Republicans. Everyone seems to be behind the president 100%. They don't seem to be nervous yeah. like the media stories. There seems to be this false narrative out there. What's the closing argument that the larger conservative movement the Republicans make? This really is a choice between the Donald Trump America we just enjoyed the last four years and some radical, crazy socialist, Antifa-dominated anarchist America. Is that, is that the election yeah. question that everybody's going to turn on, you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think that it's, it's, it's that basic, and you, you outlined it well. Uh, can America remain America? The values, institutions, and principles that make our country special, can we, can we keep them intact? Um, you know, this is the greatest, this is the greatest country that's ever happened, the greatest country in history. And that's what's at stake. The left thinks America is bad. We all think America is good, not perfect, but good. And we're the greatest country in the world. And that's what, that's what's on the ballot in two weeks. Um, and uh, I think, I think Americans understand it. And I think, again, that's why President Trump's going to get reelected. Yeah, that's going to be the big question to watch in the next two weeks. I bet you it becomes more focused. It, races always break in those last 10 days. You can see it when you're a reporter. And uh, this uh, this yep. election just feels like it's starting to tip in the last couple of days. It'll be very interesting to see. I agree. Um, voting integrity. You've been a very important voice on this. And, and, and there's a lot of great lawsuits out there that are challenging the, the ups and downs of the changes that Democrats have tried to make. How confident you are that we're going to be able to have an election that has integrity and uh, the votes that should be counted should be counted, and those that shouldn't shouldn't. Are you feeling better about the way the courts are coming down on some of these issues? I am, but I'm nervous. I mean, first, it's the first time in American history you have uh, uh, 
the Democrats trying to win an election after the election. <laughs> and unfortunately, point. we had John, John Roberts, John Roberts in the Supreme Court say yeah. it's OK in Pennsylvania, which is, as you know, could be the deciding state. It's OK in Pennsylvania to count ballots three days after election. Uh, after the election, even if you can't distinguish the postmark date on the envelope the ballot arrived in. Right. So um, that is problematic. So other than that, we, you're right. We've been winning in other court decisions in other states. Uh, I feel I feel good about that, but I'm very nervous about uh, Pennsylvania and this scenario that the Democrats have set up. You know, I, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Mr. Davidson, said it best. He said, why is there just one party who thinks it's OK to count ballots after Election Day? Even if you don't know the postmark of the of the of the uh, on the envelope, the data came in. Why is that? Why is just one party doing that? So that tells you you have a major political party for the first time in American history trying to win a, an election after the election, and that is that's not how it works in this great country. So, um, in spite of all that, as I said before, I think we're going to win. I think the president's going to get real. And. Uh- uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett getting confirmed before, especially after seeing Roberts uh, vote uh, in the 4-4 uh, case in Pennsylvania uh-huh. yesterday. Is she the key to making sure that uh, post-election day that the right uh, decisions are made in the courts? Yeah, she's, she's, just, she's just qualified for the court. I mean, I think the whole yeah. country was impressed with with Miss uh, Miss Coney Barrett. She did, a, she did a tremendous job, and I look forward to her being on the court. And what a contract. This president put out the list told you he would select from the list, selected Gorsuch and Kavanaugh there on the court. Then he put out the other list and said, I will select from this list if you reelect me. Justice Ginsburg passes, so he picks from that list. He selects Amy Coney Barrett. She's going to go on the court in a matter of days. What a contrast between his actions, doing what he said he would do, and Joe Biden, who won't even answer the court packing question. Yeah, we, told, we, we the people, you don't deserve, we don't deserve an answer. Are you kidding me? So what a, that, that in the end, that will come through and Americans will see it, and they're going to, as I said now several times, they're going to, I believe, reelect uh, President Donald Trump. It is a remarkable thing. Last question. If Donald Trump is reelected in 2020, what are the biggest priorities that the Republican Party has and the opportunities to achieve things in a second term under Trump? Make the tax cuts permanent, get our economy up and, and running as, at, at full speed like it was just seven months ago prior to this, to this, uh, to this virus. Um, continue to build the wall, continue to, to put American interests first on trade, on foreign policy, the things that President Trump has done, continue to win. As I mean, uh, the, the president said, we're going to get tired of winning. No one gets tired of winning, because I learned a long time ago, winning beats losing every single time, but continue <laughs> so to win. This president, thinks, this president thinks like an athlete. That's one of the things I love about him. And he, he is focused. He hates to lose. He loves to win. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a continuation of, uh, of that vision as we move forward. Well, uh, from uh, what a great interview. And thank you for giving us the perspective. All, all that you've done over the last few years, I, I know how hard behind the scenes. You don't get credit for this because no one sees what goes on behind the scenes in Washington. But there wasn't a congressman that I knew that fought harder for the truth uh, when, when the Russia uh, collusion story was coming down. And, and this country owes you a great uh, debt of uh, gratitude. I'm certain of that because I saw it firsthand. So, Congressman, thanks again. And um, we'll probably be talking to you right well, John, after the election. Thank you. And let me. Let me let me say to you there wasn't. Let me just real quick say there wasn't a reporter who fought harder to get the truth out of you <laughs> than, than, than you did. Well, we I think we we that, might have so succeeded in the end. How about that? Yeah, the truth finally you did, won. You did. You sure did. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, best Thanks, of luck to you. Take All right. Care. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Thank you. All right. All right, folks. We'll be right back to wrap things up uh, in a few minutes. Right after this commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks. Man, how does time fly when you got two great guests like Senator Blackburn and Congressman Jim Jordan back-to-back like that? Um, the time flew by. What an important podcast. So two important people on the front lines of social media censorship, unraveling the Russia collusion narrative, the Joe Biden issues, so much to talk about. And of course, Justice Amy Coney Barrett and her impending confirmation. We'll be back tomorrow with a special edition. We're going to bring some of the reporters in from Just the News to uh, talk about some big stories we've been breaking. So we're going to do a little reporters roundtable. We haven't done that in a while. I know you like that sometimes. Hope you enjoyed today, and we will be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from, you got it, justthenews.com. Justthenews.com.